presented by St. Anthony Youth Ministry. Um, Here's a podcast that helps you break open the word um, while you're at home. My name is Paige Ingersoll, and I am the coordinator of Life Teen Households Discipleship Program, and I am here with... Mark Ballone, the coordinator of Anchor and Edge Youth Ministry Programs, as well as... And Adam Smythe, who is the Life Teen Coordinator. I have the least fun title. It's just... Straightforward. I, I wasn't going to say I anything. I added words but to the end of mine. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. But welcome. We're excited to have you guys yeah. joining us. Um, Adam, do you want to talk about kind of what the whole purpose of this podcast is and what we're aiming to do while we're here? Absolutely. So uh, obviously we are in some uncharted territory here uh, just as a nation, as a world, um, but especially as a parish and as a program. So over the past few days from the announcement that due to coronavirus and just some of the precautions that we're taking as an archdiocese and as a nation and some of the cancellations here at St. Anthony's, the youth ministry staff, Paige, Mark, and myself specifically kind of put our heads together to figure out what we could do to continue to support our programs, to continue to support you while you are at home, stuck in quarantine, you know, maybe working from home and not having an opportunity to really do much, but in, in a specific way, not be able to come to our programming uh, throughout the week here at St. Anthony's. So we came up with a great idea uh, to be able to utilize some, some great resources from Life Team International and just to come, with, come up with really this podcast that's going to be a bit of an, an accompaniment mm-hmm. to what we're going to be able to send out to all of you. And we just wanted to provide you with some good content that you can use at home. And so what we're going to be doing, Life Teen has um, a small group-based program called Summit. And they have some modified Summit nights that uh, they supply and they kind of hand out. So every week what we're going to do is send you uh, one of the Summit PDFs. It's going to have just some basic questions and a basic structure of um, the lectionary or the the readings that we're going to have at Mass every Sunday coming up uh, over the next few weeks. And with that, they also have accompanying videos that you can watch on their YouTube channel. We'll give you a link to that. But we wanted to give you this podcast just so that you could have a little bit of time with us because we miss all of you. But also um, for us to help just break open some of the themes of the readings each week. And the, the beautiful thing about how this is organized is Life Teen's resources encourage Lexio Divina or divine reading, which is an ancient form of prayer. And so we thought this could be a really great opportunity for us to give you families, um, whether it's, you know, just a, a high school teen or if it's, um, you know, you and, and your sixth or seventh grader or if it's your entire family, just to give you something to sit down so you can pray together, you can read together. And then if you are in a situation where you can't actually get to Mass and you're joining us via live stream, this is also an opportunity for you to pray with the readings for each Sunday so you feel like you are still um, part of the Eucharistic feast, that you're still coming to the table and you still are participating. So uh, we're going to give this a shot. We think this could be something really fun. Um, But this is kind of week one, the pilot episode, and we're just going to kind of dive right into this and give you a chance um, to follow along at home. 
But before we start, uh, what we're going to do is kind of suggest that you as a family go through the readings for Sunday. And so on the handout that you have, we have all of the readings listed. If you want to find them all in one place, you can go to usccb.org and click on March 22nd on the calendar. This is going to be the fourth Sunday of uh, Lent, not Advent, fourth Sunday of Lent upcoming so if you haven't had a chance to read through those, we'd encourage you to take some time, maybe pause the podcast and open up your Bibles or get on your phones and read these together as a family. Throughout the podcast, we will be actually asking you guys to pause and uh, we'll have questions for you guys to ask each other. Obviously, if you're listening to this by yourself, welcome. Um, you can obviously take a moment to kind of contemplate those questions as they come. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with all of that being said, what we want our piece and our part here to look like is just to help accompany you through these readings. Uh, Like we said, on the on the handout, there will be some specific questions that we'll ask here. But if you if you want to take the time to kind of follow us through the readings, uh, we also just want to encourage that a little bit as we share a little uh, of of some of the thematic pieces that we're going to see this coming Sunday. So overall, guys, if I were to kind of pose this question, if we had to narrow this down to a couple of words or concepts, what do we think the overall themes for the readings for the fourth Sunday of Lent are? I would definitely talk about um, light and darkness. Light and darkness comes up a couple of times during the the scriptures. Yeah, throughout the readings, but in very wonderfully different ways, very um, just Mm. different circumstances that that light and darkness plays a part in it, which I think is beautifully um chosen by the church to put these readings together this weekend yeah absolutely yeah i think sight also with that light in the darkness and and seeing uh, again brought up in different ways you know the the blind man as well as god's vision yeah and then i I would say like one of the last things is just the significance of um water or um of this action of anointing Mm. um is taking place and what that means for the people who are anointed which we'll get into as we reflect on the readings yes. so yeah yeah absolutely. so we're looking at, at light and darkness at water at anointing um at vision and at sight absolutely i need to take a brief moment to shout out my household luke's and tenebris light in the darkness hopefully you're listening but i just i had to take the time that's we gotta do it that's the light in the darkness it's great so uh with all that being said we're going to just open up some of these themes we're actually going to walk a reading through reading and so to kind of help walk us through the story and and what's going on in the first reading i'm going to hand it over to you mark all right yeah so the very first reading is um samuel is sent by god to bethlehem which uh, should sound a little bit familiar obviously that's the city uh that christ uh was born but samuel is not going to find christ uh just yet uh, but to find a new king for israel And so he goes to a man named Jesse who has uh, many sons. And while Jesse is uh, showing Samuel his sons, uh, he goes from his oldest son to his youngest. Um, And I love the scripture because um, Jesse shows his sons, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciations, but Abidadad and um, Shammah, which... um, I feel like when you're reading scripture, it's the simplest names who have the biggest impacts in scripture. And so when you get to David, you're like, ooh, that person, (laughs) that's the person that's going to make a big impact in this story. That person's name I can 
I can uh, I can actually uh, pronounce. actually pronounce. <laughs> yeah, thanks for um, making anglicizing so, it. <laughs> so Jesse is uh, showing off his sons, uh, son by son, oldest to youngest, and actually uh, he doesn't even bring David out because David is the youngest, and at the time the youngest son was always to be stay like to to stay at home and to take care of their parents. Uh, so youngest of the family, that's that's uh, that's what God is calling you to do is to stay with your parents forever <laughs> and, and to take care of <laughs> and to take care of your parents. Uh, just kidding. Um, but David isn't even shown to Samuel until Samuel says, "Where is you, you, you know the the, the next uh, the the next son?" And so Jesse brings out David, and and it is David that God is calling. And it's interesting because one of the the, the, the Bible passage about sight that I think really stands out here is it says, not as man sees does God see, because man sees the appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart. And so it might be the person that you least expect that is given the greatest responsibility at times. Absolutely. I think there's also some significance. Um, I didn't really mention this before, but I think there's some significance so that he is the eighth son mm. of Jesse. Mm-hmm. And if we know of scripture and like the significance of the number eight, it's that eternal um, kind of that eternal blessing that's supposed to be poured out. And Je- uh, and David being the eighth son is representing that eternal blessing that God is and that covenant that God is going to make with him, which I think is so cool and kind of foreshadowing of his place. Um, but I think it's really significant for us to actually make this reading apply to our own lives. And the way we do that is by asking ourselves questions. And I think one of the best questions that we could ask right now of ourselves is here we have David and he's the smallest of the sons. He's probably the least qualified to take on any kind of leadership role. Right. Um, and he's probably the most unassuming of the, the, the sons, uh, you know, or even the brothers, they, they're like, Oh, that's just David. He's just the small Mm -hmm. scrawny little annoying brother. Right. Like, they don't see him being this uh, person that's chosen by God. And I think the best question for us to ask of ourselves is, have we ever felt like we've been overlooked by God? Or do we ever think that we should be overlooked by God because of maybe, you know, of our stature or of our, um, you know, um, just like our rapport or like, I guess, uh, to better put that, like, um, do we think that we're just kind of small and meek and we we don't really know how God's going to use us um, mm. or if we're chosen to do something great, you know? Um, so I think that's a great question to ask of ourselves is, one, have we ever felt overlooked by God? And if we do feel overlooked by God, why is that? Like, what mm. what plays into that? So I, I think about this this question because uh, at a recent retreat that I had with Edge teens, I kind of guided them in a in a little bit of an exercise where I had them all close their eyes, and I asked them a bunch of questions about you know being vulnerable and things like that. And one of the questions that I asked that I got the most yes responses was raise your hand if you feel like you are the worst person in the room. Mm. And so it was a really personal, deeply moving question. And obviously we are in a room of people and it was more than 75% of people had their hands raised because we sometimes feel like we are not meant to be chosen by God, that we are the the least when actual when when in actuality God has these great plans for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, an important thing to understand that, you know, every one of us at different points in our lives or, you know, whether it's seasons or years, um, we're all going to struggle with, you know, insecurities and doubts and, and everything. 
and the Lord really, um, I think the beautiful example of David who goes on to, you know, literally build the temple and mm. do amazing things and become really kind of the, the greatest king. Uh, scripture says a man after God's own heart, this guy who was just, you know, the little shepherd boy that didn't get to play with the rest of his brothers was the one that he actually chose. Um, so not, I think there's not to call you out, but did David literally build the temple? I thought no, Samuel, was he, his, okay. Son, yeah. David Samuel made the plans <laughs> and then Solomon built Solomon. It, right? There you go. See, we, Granted, we, Jesus says that someone greater Solomon. than Solomon is Solomon. here. So Solomon's pretty great, but I'm that's just fair. saying. That's fair. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So um, I think in this first reading, we also have the chance to look and, you know, toward the end, it says um, anoint him, right? And and this, this understanding, and this will come up a little bit later on in the readings, but to be made king, um, what happened was that they actually anointed the head with oil. And so Samuel, who was really kind of the high priest of Israel at the time, um, takes the oil in the horn and he pours it onto David's head. And this is something that we'll see um, not only with Christ, but also ourselves. When we talk about baptism and especially when we talk about confirmation Confirmation, as well, the anointing of the head with oil. So, So why don't you guys take a moment and pause and answer the question that that Paige asked, which Paige, I'll, I'll... ask you to say it one more time for our uh, the, our audience listening at home. Absolutely. Have you ever felt overlooked by God? And if so, why? Go ahead and discuss that with your families and we'll be right back. All right. So we're going to, we're going to keep moving and uh, we're going to move ourselves into the Psalm, um, Psalm 23. Gosh, this is probably, um, out of like any Psalm, this is probably like the Psalm, right? Yeah. Um, when I think of Psalm 23, uh, I mean, I think of a lot of things, but like what comes to mind is the throw pillow that my grandmother had <laughs> in her house. Um, super old Irish lady who, uh, they used to have a Bible on their exercise bike, which I always thought was really funny. Cause Did the Bible not get sweaty? I don't know. They were really old. So I don't know if they sweat as much as someone <laughs> like me. Um, <laughs> There's you don't no think old people? No, I'm saying they did, but I'm, it's not like they're working like super hard. So there was a Bible. There was the, a Bible okay. on there, but okay. I'm saying it. It reminds me of that. Like I can kind of like I, I uh, see it, and I like okay. the sense experience when I see Psalm 23 well. because my grandmother had a throw pillow that she made. So anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Now I'm only um, gonna think of the stationary bike with the Bible on top. There you go. I I'm just gonna think of my grandfather hear- with like a sweatband, like yeah. Michael Jordan. Oh, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> No, when I when I hear the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I shall want. I always have that image of Christ holding the sh- uh, the sheep on his shoulders. You know, mm. like that's the image, like the painted image that like is in. Uh, I mean, I think it was in my grandparents' house of like right there in their hallway was yeah. this image of Jesus. You know, as the shepherd holding the sheep on his shoulders and carrying it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I I always think when I think of the shepherd, I think of the parable of the ninety nine where mm. that. Jesus will come after the one lost sheep. Right. And sometimes we feel like that one lost sheep. We feel lost and it's it's comforting to know that Jesus is out there searching for us. Absolutely. It just makes me think of reckless love. I'm fighting every urge. I know, I know, not, I know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Psalm twenty three, um, we have this shepherd and, and obviously as we're kind of continuing 
uh, with these readings, we can begin to see some of the connections. And we have David, who literally was a shepherd. And now um, we go from the anointing of David as king, and then the church, uh, again, as Paige said, kind of in her wisdom, puts this psalm to come right after, talking about how the Lord, in effect, is our shepherd. Mm. Um, He's the one that's going to care for us. Um, With the Lord, you know, we will not want... He'll give, he'll guide us, he'll lead us to restful waters. I mean, all of the beautiful things here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to say, um, even on the handout, we've got a couple of questions about the psalm, but something really cool that we wanted to highlight um, were, were just kind of these four really awesome points that may not be super evident when you read through this. Um, but very, very briefly, at this point in time in the church, uh, as we're following what we call kind of the, the, the catechumenate, or for those who are in RCIA who are getting ready to join the church, at this point in time, they are entering really the last phase of preparation. Um, They are now the elect, meaning that they have made um, their choice. They have elected to want to join the church. And in this final phase, they're undergoing the, the ultimate last bit of formation before they come into the church uh, at the Easter vigil. And the church during Lent kind of shifts her readings to be a little bit of a of a sacramental teaching. And so, you know, last week we had all of these different, um, you know, conversations about water and the woman at the well and mm-hmm. Moses in the mm-hmm. desert. And, you know, we, we have these com- kind of conversations. And so what we see even in Psalm 23 is um, a few different and very specific but, but really cool um, sacramental images, right? Um, and so maybe we just want to share a few of those with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when we talk about this in the, in the first, I guess, stanza is the best way to state it. It talks about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want beside restful waters. He will lead me, um, or he leads me. And, um, this points us to, I mean, obviously water, what sacrament is attached to water, um, but baptism and this restful water giving us rest from our sin, um, and giving us, uh, rest in the Lord and in our relationship with him, um, and infusing us with divine life mm. by this water that he leads us to. And if you skip to the, uh, the, the third stanza, not that the second stanza is not any good, but when we're talking about sacramental imagery, uh, you spread the table before me. And, and obviously when we think about table, we should think about meal. And we think about meal when it talks about church, we th- should be thinking about the Eucharist as the ultimate prayer and the ultimate meal uh, eucharistic as feast. A, a, a eucharistic feast yes you spread the table before me in the sight of my foes i think that's really amazing because right now I, and i've seen it online people you know are laughing and and joking about the idea that prayer is a powerful tool during this time of crisis mm-hmm. um because they they blame god and we'll get to that but they blame god for this coronavirus and they say Mm. you know your prayers mean nothing and we have to you know go to that table in sight of the you know in sight of our foes absolutely yeah Yeah, absolutely and then uh we move down to verse five and this is something we talked about with david but um you know you anoint my head with oil uh and so again we talk about even in, in baptism we have the the chrism that's put on top of the 
the head of the baby, if it's a baby who's being baptized. But, um, you know, especially with us working with youth, we, we have the obvious and awesome example of confirmation Absolutely. where mm-hmm. the oil is also yep. then put onto their head and, and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And confirmation is, you know, really the, the strengthening, the equipping, the commissioning, you know, the sending forth of us bringing together all of our different gifts and, and what the Holy Spirit has given us. And it's an opportunity for us just to, to recognize, um, you know, the, the role of, of confirmation in this as well. Absolutely. And in this third stanza, the very end, it says, you, uh, after you anoint my head with oil, it goes on to say, my cup overflows. Um, and um, again, we're kind of brought back to this feast, um, you know, representation of where is a cup used? It's cup. Mm. It's used in a, a Eucharistic feast. And what what does our Eucharistic feast entail when it comes to a cup? It's the the precious blood, right? Um, so that Eucharistic cup, which overflows with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's giving us new life. Um, so that's another part of this um, psalm that is just rich and full of symbolism and points us more and more towards the fact that he's not only a shepherd that leads us, but he's a shepherd that leads us to his very self yeah. through the sacraments. Yeah. yeah. As, we, as we move on, like, we just invite you guys to take a second to read over that psalm again as a family, um, and then we'll, we'll meet you back here in a sec. All right, and so now we're going to move on to um, the second reading. This comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 5. Again, if you need to take a chance to like pause and reread this, feel free. Um, just a few brief comments about this one. At the very beginning, we talked about some of these themes, um, darkness and light. And obviously, in here, darkness and light are pretty evident. Um, literally going to say, you were once in darkness. Now you are in light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. Um, and really, w- I think what this makes me reflect on, and we'll talk more about this um, with the gospel and the blind man, but this really just helps me kind of think about and, and um, almost visualize the battle and the interplay between light and darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, everything exposed by the light becomes visible, right? As soon as, as light makes it into darkness, the darkness falls apart, the darkness goes away. And um, Christ being the light and Christ making us lights, right? We, we know in the gospel, we've heard it before, um, we're salt and we're light, you know, and, and we don't hide ourselves underneath a bushel or underneath a basket. We put us on the lamp table so we can shine forward. And, you know, I, again, obviously where we are right now, the fact that we're making this podcast, um, we're, we're living in a time of what could be perceived as great darkness. Um, mm-hmm. But here we have St. Paul telling us, you know, we were in darkness but now we are light in the Lord. Um, the, the light of the Lord will strip away every bit of darkness. And as I read through this, um, you know, just kind of, again, thinking about that interplay and, and the understanding that anything that we do um, where we can bear light will actually, in fact, drive away the darkness. And I think it's a, a really timely thing for us to reflect on. And I think that, that leads us to another reflection question. And that question is, where can you bring light instead of darkness in your current situation? Yeah. Obviously, we are quarantined or we are taking uh, the this, this social distancing. I like that the idea that a couple of weeks ago, social distancing did not was not a key word that we were saying frequently. But now right. it's like it's like the word. So during our social distancing, how can we a fifth grader or a seventh grader or a 12th grader or a person that is, you know, uh, you know, a young mother or, a, you know, 
uh, I was going to say old mother, but I don't want to say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredibly, <laughs> incredibly offensive. Sorry. Um, uh, how can we bring light into the darkness in our current situation? I think a big thing is, is just um, having us be in our homes, um, reaching out to family members through phone calls, checking in, I think is a great way for us to even just, uh, I mean, for instance, I know my sister is at home with two little ones and it gets incredibly stressful to be home with the little ones all day long, trying to teach them and entertain them. And I know for her, it's nice to have like a, uh, a break and for her to FaceTime, have them FaceTime me and to talk to them just to give her kind of a little bit of a mental break. So I think things like that are ways that I can be a light in this darkness. Yeah. So I would invite you guys to take a moment and to ask that question. And that question again is, where can you bring light instead of darkness in your current situation? Perfect. Well, we are um, wrapping up these readings with our gospel reading, and um, this reading is about an encounter that Jesus Christ has with a man who is blind from birth. Um, in when we're covering the shortened version, because we believe that this is the version that will be um, read at Mass, but in this version, um, Christ goes and he spits on the ground. And he mixes his spit with the mud. And then he goes and he rubs this mud on the man's eyes and tells him to go to this uh, pool of Siloam, which means to be sent, right? And um, the man goes, washes his eyes, and he is now able to see. Um, And I think there's significance with this because, again, we see this water playing a huge part of kind of a renewal of who he is as he is a new creation in and through Christ without really even knowing who did this, right? And so there comes a moment where he says, um, you know, the Pharisees are really doubting whether this Jesus is a sinner or whether he is, you know, a healer. Um, And um, we have this man saying um, that he believes, he says at the beginning, at the end of it, um, you know, I do believe Lord. And he worshiped him because he recognized who actually Um, healed him and he recognized him as the lord not just Mm -hmm. as another man or um but significant but i i wanted to say that a huge part of us being anointed is the fact that when we're anointed we're sent like immediately we're sent to go do something right um and so our anointing comes with a mission and same goes and we can see this in this blind man is that he is literally in his healing process is sent to go be renewed and refreshed and made into a new creation and that's what Jesus wants to do in every single one of us Um, and he does it time and time again whether we are fully aware of it or not Jesus wants to heal you encounter you and then send you forward to go and to be that light in the darkness, to be that representative of his out into the world, right? Yeah. So, um, but there's a question that comes with this reading that I would like for you guys to reflect on. And Adam, would you like to go ahead and share it? Because I think that one of the things that we have to remember is that w- as we are quarantined, as we are pulled away, we can be in darkness. We can be kind of surrounded by negativity and so i think that will lead us to adam's kind of question yeah thanks for jumping in there mark sorry sorry sorry, Um, sorry. (laughs) no and i i've been seeing this a lot too and and people i know um where i used to live in baltimore the archdiocese has has shut down public masses and so even on sunday seeing messages and seeing people um 
heartbroken, you mm-hmm. know, and like really frustrated with the fact that they can't even go and receive Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I can just imagine, you know, the, the darkness that this guy, this blind man was in and then suddenly to be flooded with light. And I think even just like physiologically what that would be like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, but then um, to, to recognize that like to be blind and to not be able to see and how frustrating that could be. And so I, I think one of the questions we can ask is just where are we, frustrated in our lives right now in a very real honest and human way like where are we experiencing frustration whether that's you know for the parents or for the the children or for the teens like where do we experience some some real frustration and I mean maybe just quickly for you guys like where where are you frustrated right now what are you feeling I mean I did not think that I was going to be a homeschool parent two weeks ago (laughs) and now I am having to learn how to teach kindergarten and first grade to my children and I found out that I am not so good at being patient <laughs> as a teacher. So thank God for all of those teachers out there Absolutely. that do your God's will so well when they are uh, watching my kids during the school day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that it's not it's not uh, something that angers me to to red boiling, but. It is a cross to bear right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think um, kind of st- stating what I said before, if, uh, I've been FaceTiming with a lot of my family um, because we're not able to see each other face to face right now, especially um, we're just trying to be ca- cautious with like um, some members of my family being older. And so um, that's kind of a frustration of not being able to see um, some of my family members right now because of the social distancing. And I was just talking to my nephew last week and his birthday's coming up and he was like, Aunt Paige, like they canceled school. And so I'm not going to get my birthday shout out at school. And like my birthday party got canceled. And I'm like, Oh buddy, I like in his little brain, like this is, this is really affecting like his life, you know? And, um, but in in a very, I mean, in the grand mid thing, like in the grand scheme of things, you're like, okay, like it's going to be okay. But in his life, like it's significant, you know, so just trying to be there and um, help him with that. But I think kind of Adam, what you were talking about, um, of not being able to, uh, attend mass or, um, you know, be able to, in different places throughout the United States, I think a really beautiful way for us to spread that light, um, going back to that second reading is also just like, I mean, we are fortunate enough to have live streaming from our masses Mm -hmm. and like, you know, um, I believe we're having a holy hour coming up. So to live stream those things and to be able to share that link. So literally I have friends that are in Colorado, Montana, all these different areas and just sending them the link of being like, Hey, I know you can't go to mass or be in front of the Eucharist in adoration, but here's a link that you can check that out. So that's another way for us to spread that light. But, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, sorry, there's, I, I have a million other things and I know there's so much that we want to be able to share and say um, about the blind man, but maybe in, in kind of like a capstone way for us to to see, you know, from the anointing uh, of David and, you know, from some of the beautiful imagery from that second, uh, or from the Psalm, I should say, um, to see, you know, the Eucharist and baptism and confirmation as they're played out to talk about being, you know, in the darkness, but now in Christ we found a light. And I think it really is is summarized beautifully by this man, this blind man who goes from this place of, of darkness and, you know, even symbolically with that, a place of sin and a place of, you know, despair, moving into um, an encounter with the Lord who maybe in a gross way with the water um, of his spit, you know, the waters of baptism, who heals him and helps bring him from a physical place of darkness and into light. 
And then pages, as you pointed out, you know, throughout this whole interchange of Jesus and the Pharisees and this man, in the end, ultimately, um, in humility and in love, he just says, I do believe Lord. Right. And he worships him. Uh, and so I think for us, again, whatever frustrations we're facing and being distanced socially or quarantined or whatever, not being able to get to mass, this really is an awesome opportunity and, and a great week for us to unite ourselves by going through these readings and praying and discussing them, but to also recognize that um, it's a chance for us to, to really simply just respond, I do believe, Lord, right. uh, and, and to be able to move into a place of, of spiritual communion and a place of um, you know, physical communion as much as our family and our situation can allow. But yeah, I think obviously some really awesome and really beautiful readings this week to help us continue moving forward. Perfect. As we, as we close up here, make sure you did, you did take a, a moment to discuss what's, you know, frustrating you. Uh, hopefully it's not a person that is also in this uh, <laughs> family uh, study. But it, if it is, this is an awesome opportunity for you to kind of work through those, uh, those feelings and those emotions. Yeah. Um, let's remember that uh, we are called by Christ to be his light in this, in this coming week. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, as we wrap up here, just want to say um, as we move forward with the rest of these weeks, we're going to try to continue to to give you a similar experience. I think today was slightly longer than we planned, but we wanted to explain kind of the process and everything. So right. um, the more we do this, the better we're going to get. But we want to thank you guys for joining us and uh, just continue to encourage you to um, not be distanced from the Lord. Um, Jesus does not want social distancing. He wants intimacy. Uh, and so just the continual encouragement to discuss, to pray with one another, and, and to really enter into communion in this, uh, in this diff- difficult time. And if anybody has a, uh, a, a really wonderful experience in, this, in these conversations, in these meetings, please email um, one of us, uh, either Paige, Adam, or myself. And, uh, and, and hopefully, uh, if, uh, if a story speaks to us, we'll, we can share that in our next you know, podcast because be we want to we hear from you guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So thank you so much for joining us for Forming the Family. Um, Be sure to be on the lookout for our next episode, which will hopefully come out in about a week. And um, yeah, we look forward to having you join us again. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.